Podcast. Episode 20. Thank you for joining us on this very special episode. I am Josh from North Country Woodworking, and across from me is AJ from Crafted and NJ. And unfortunately, my cat could not join us today. So, uh, Boo. sorry, AJ. Boo. But, I mean, let's talk a little bit about Sticker Beat and our promo code Sawdust Nation. So we both use Sticker Beat in both our shops. We've been using Sticker Beat for a, a long time now. And the Sawdust Nation podcasts use their, their product as well for their stickers. Primarily, the 3M vinyl they use is able to pretty much stick anywhere and hold there. But a benefit of that is you can peel it off when you want to, and it doesn't leave any kind of residue. I mean, that's at least in my experience. How about you? It's definitely in my experience. I had uh, a quote-unquote illegal logo that I had to change. So when I went over to a new logo, I hit up Sticker Beat, got some stickers made up, and then the old logo still was from Sticker Beat, and I ripped that puppy right off, and no residue was left behind. And then slap my new logo right on it. And everything is fine and dandy now. And if that isn't enough to sell you on Sticker Beat, they have a nice little feature that's on their stickers. And that is a peel here tab. Oh, so yeah. instead of fumbling around with it, you could just peel it, stick it where you need mm-hmm. it, and then you're done. Go check them out. They're located on Instagram and they're also on the web. They are. Uh, definitely Sticker Beat is my number one go-to. Uh, when I reached out to them about our... Sawdust Nation stickers. I knew Sticker Beat was definitely a go-to. And then I'm even getting more stickers from them. Uh, so be on the lookout for those. I actually changed it up a little bit because my old stickers used to have a white background. Now they're going to have a black background. They're going to look identical to my sweatshirts. And I am really, really excited about that and really excited to get them. Yeah, it's nice when you can mess around with your logo and kind of change the little things mm-hmm. like that. That's one of the reasons I kind of like how I did my logo is because I can make it black or white. Mm. My stickers catch the eye because they're so they're so simple. It's some trees. It says NCW. See, I know. North Country Woodworking, bruh. Do you know what the trees stand for? The trees mean you're in the country and it's up north and you do some woodworking there. Your deduction is horrible, Watson. No, 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 no. It's right. <laughs> um, so I put the trees there as you're right because I am from the north country. There's a lot of pine trees up in the area. And the silhouette of a pine tree is a lot better than, you know, like a maple tree mm-hmm. or what have you. But there was three because at the time there was three in my family. It was my wife, my son, and myself. Mm. I'm running into a little pickle because now we have, there's four of us. And <laughs> uh, now you got to change up your logo. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know if I'm going to change it up. I'll definitely have to think of something in the future. Yeah. But enough about uh, our stickers and our logos. What do you have going on in the shop this week, man? Well, you know how it goes in my shop. It's the same pretty much, you know, every week we talk. It's always flags. But, you know, um, just tonight, which is Tuesday, I got the false floor for my buddy's uh, Mercedes. I got that cut into the shape of the um, floor mat that's in the trunk. I'm really happy about that. I tried out some new jigsaw blades as well from Spider, And, um, man, when I use jigsaw blades, I really don't I, – I guess I never chose the right one because I could never do sharp corners or anything like that. And I have to say, I you know, it, it kind of sounds like I'm, I'm really boasting for them. But I, I really am. These, these blades cut so perfect. I, I actually cut a almost like a 90-degree turn and – that thing's smooth. I don't even have to sand that corner because, of course, I'm going to because, you know, why not? But I have to say it cut flawlessly and the turns that I was making and I didn't, I wanted to put these blades to the test. So I really hoofed into those turns. It took it like a champ. 
I have to say, I'm definitely going to use those from now on. They are from Spider. They gave a pack, I believe, of two, four, six, eight blades. Two of one style, mm-hmm. two of another, two of another, and two of another. So you got a lot of blades in this pack, and it was fairly cheap from Lowe's. So I know I talk about the spider blades for my uh, circular saw. I'm sorry, um, miter saw. Tiffany, I love that blade, and I saw these on the rack, so I said, I knew I need jigsaw blades. Let me try them out. So um, the false floor is coming along. I actually still have to fill in the carves with a uh, total boat and some black diamond pigment. So I have to do multiple colors and my I also have to stain the wood. So what I'm going to do is, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you know epoxy better than I do. Of course, I'm going to uh, epoxy first and then stain the outer wood. Um, Honestly, I don't think you can go wrong either way. And I would have to ask Total Bolt themselves because the epoxy probably would take if you actually stain first and then fill it in with the epoxy or you can epoxy first and fill the stain on afterwards. Well, here here's my biggest question. Well, I mean, I kind of know the answer because I, I ran it in my head a few times, but I figured I'd throw it out mm-hmm. there on uh, while we record. Um, if I stain and then epoxy and I overfill it, then I'm going to have to sand it down. Now I'm going to ruin the stain. I mean, like, depending on what you're using and how you're staining Mm -hmm. as well. I mean, like, you put the stain on and you wipe it off real quick or you you put the stain on or you leave it in the pocket Mm -hmm. where, you know, there's a whole bunch. I would not advise that. Um, Thinking about what you're actually epoxying, there's enough small areas where it would be more beneficial for you to epoxy over first Mm -hmm. and then stain it. After you clean the epoxy up. Yep. I was going to say, I didn't know if the stain would have done anything to the epoxy. Um, You know, once you have the epoxy laid down, of course, you're not going to, you know, throw stain on top of it. But I'm just thinking of, you know, if the rag goes on top of it, will it do anything to kind of screw up the finish a little bit? I don't think so. Um, I I really don't. Just because, you know, epoxy, especially, you know, it seals fairly Mm -hmm. well. That stain should not penetrate it at all. Okay. I'm pretty sure you're going to do your best to make sure, you know, you don't get too much on top of it anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I think that will help out in the long run. All right. Well, uh, you know, for the false floor, I'm definitely, like I said, I'm going to use Total Boat. Um, I got the fast setting epoxy, the um, the high performance fast. Um, I've used it in the past mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed using it. On top of that, I got a lot of different colors that I'm going to be doing with black diamond pigments. So um, definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, cutting boards is another thing that's in my shop right now. I got a lot of charcuterie boards, shark ootery boards. And, um, <laughs> and so I got those going. I actually did take your idea. I believe you had told me about the one piece that I did not know what to do with. It was long, narrow. Yes. I made that into a really nice charcuterie board with, uh, a couple of the templates from HGCAZ, Tyler over there. Mm-hmm. And, um, I didn't want to freehand draw my handle, so I used a couple templates to make up this like funky looking handle. So I'm pretty happy about that. Got to get it all sanded. And I'm running into a small issue because I don't have a spindle sander anymore. And those charcuterie boards have a lot of uh, twists and turns in them. And now I have to hand sand them. Go sanding. So what happened to your spindle sander? I got rid of it a while ago because I didn't like how it was performing. I mean, it worked. I ha- okay, real quick backstory for everybody. Story time. Yeah, story time. No, down the rabbit hole time. That's what it's called. But um, what happened was I had a Wen spindle and belt sander. It 
it worked, but the table was actually like bowed. So what would happen is you wouldn't have a nice flat surface to reference off of. You'd have just a little bit of like a dip. And um, I definitely have to look into another one. I heard a lot of people like the rigid one. Um, but I also heard there's a lot of defective ones going. Why did I just say defective? Defective. There's a lot of defective ones out there. Um, and I was talking with, um, I think Homeland, Homeland Creations, and he actually went through a few of the defective rigid, uh, spindle sanders. Come to find out if you get one with a serial number of 18, that's made in 2018. They're better. The 19s apparently are defective. I don't know. I haven't tested this theory out myself, but um, I'm waiting for them to go on a Black Friday sale on uh, Home Depot to pick one up. Or if they don't go on sale, I'll just pick one up no matter what, because I need one. I'm running into the issue where, what am I going to do? I got a lot of twists and turns and I need to sand. My Merca will not fit in those, sadly. <laughs> well, talking about Merca fitting, do you have a new Merca sitting in the shop? No, not yet. Not yet. But I am going to be meeting up with because um, something actually came about uh, or came up and he the gentleman was unable to meet on the day that I said that I was going to. So uh, we, we, mm, okay. we rescheduled and uh, we're going to be meeting up this 13th, Friday the 13th. <laughs> Bad luck for your wallet. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> and I know for a fact I'm going to be seeing some real goodies you know like full systems and whatnot so uh it's not gonna be good but anyway i'm hoping to have a new merca which is going to be the three inch i don't know if they consider that the deros i'll have to look that up because i did not prep before this even though i had it written down on the on the show notes but anyway no mer no new merca in my shop as of now but um definitely hoping so so anyway besides me ranting and raving the charcuterie boards, the flags, the cutting boards. I just did a whole batch of yoga signs on the CNC, which came out great. I still have to post up a picture of them painted because Kim wanted them painted. She you know, went to town on them. I used the aura mask. I applied it nice and uh, simple this time. I laid it on, smushed it over with a credit card. And let me tell you, that aura mask held up fantastic. If you don't have any in your shop, you definitely need some for that CNC of yours. I actually did pick some up, and I will be using it uh, maybe sometime relatively soon. I'm telling you, one when I I know I told uh, the story about this, you know, once before, but the very first time of me using it and on the CNC, I never applied it right. I thought I, you know, putting your hand over it would make it stick nice, but you definitely have to scrape it or you know push out all the air with a um, like a vinyl. What the hell is that thing called? I don't even know. Credit card, license, you know, your TJ Maxx credit card, whatever you want, you know, because I know you're I know you're a Maxinista over there. So you probably got a TJ Maxx credit card. Oh, yeah. You know, go there all what the time, weekly. Anyway. Yeah. Besides, <laughs> even during the pandemic, you have to risk it all. What else is going to go on during the pandemic? You have to go to TJ Maxx. They have great sales. So anyway, besides what's in my shop. Sir, what is going on in your shop? Because I'm extremely interested in this charging station. Well, let's see. In my shop, the charging station. Well, I did a couple stories and a couple posts about it. Client reached out and they told me they had a laptop, like four tablets. Uh, two of them were had the thick cases on it because they were kid tablets. Mm -hmm. 
and some other stuff. And they're like, we really would like a charging station. They gave me a picture to reference, but they're like, you have your creative freedom with this. It was a quick project. What I did is I took some, I actually used pine in this. I wanted to do walnut, mm-hmm. but what it took me twice as long and they gave me a deadline that needed to be done because they were actually moving. Okay. I actually delivered it the day they were leaving. I got it together, got it stained, I actually polyed it and uh, gave it up to them. And, you know, they seemed to really enjoy it. I made each uh, station basically an inch and a half. That way it could fit pretty much any electronic they could throw at it. Maybe and throw some of the smaller electronics together in there as well. Given more time and given a bigger budget, I would have done it on a walnut, put a um, charger, wireless charger in there in the front, maybe a couple, mm. and even added the electronics in there so they just had to attach their cords and call it a day. I definitely have the details written down and I might be offering those up here and there. I know there's a couple people that have reached out when they saw it and would like to have one of their own. Mm. So you might see a couple more leave the shop, but I don't know if uh, this is laziness or not, or smart use of the CNC, but the dados used, uh-huh. I was thinking about you know, my router and I was thinking about, you know, the jig I would need and all this and how I was going to keep them straight, you know, going through the process of, I normally would do with this and I was getting the bit ready and everything. And I look over at my CNC, I'm like, wait a minute, I can line this up. Yep. It can cut those for me and I could be doing something else. Oh yeah. Like sanding the other pieces. <laughs> so <laughs> that's exactly what I did. And when I got done, I felt a little bit guilty for doing it that way. But I mean, it was, it was quick, effective. Everything was straight. I didn't have any worries about it. And, uh, you know, I was able to do something else when that was being completed, which that alone is a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Having another set of quote unquote hands in the shop is, is a big deal. But, uh, yeah, so that's a charging station for you. Um, I did engrave a plaque for a going away gift. They wanted it burnt. They wanted that burnt look, almost like what you do for your flags. Uh-huh. Okay. And this, I use balsa wood usually for that kind of the plaque they wanted. They wanted something really, really thin. They can glue on and call it a day. I went about doing it. I did the engraving. And then when I went to go burn, the balsa wood starts curving. Jeez. Because of the heat. Wow. I had to really finesse the torch a little bit. Okay. Basically hold it pretty far back and go over the same spot enough where it'll start to brown and then move on. And eventually after a couple of tries, I got it just right. Turned out pretty good. They were very happy with it. I also finished up my bottle openers finally. Mm-hmm. I, they've been sitting in the shop for a while doing it in stages, but I was able to knock those out. So those are available as well. I revisited an old walnut and grain cum board I did really early on when I started doing cum boards mm-hmm. and kind of reworked it a little bit, put a nice chamfer on it, and then uh, some on the bottom for handles, and then oiled it up, and it, it looks better than ever. I'm really happy with how that turned out. Um, going from there, I actually got commissioned to do two more Thor hammers, the two-foot kind, and I'm... Um, in the process of making those, those are already basically cut up and dimensioned. I just have to shape the handles, shape the actual mallets themselves, or the hammers, I guess. Put the BBs in there, glue them up, and then do all the little details that make them the hammers for a going away gift. I also got commissioned for a flag coin holder with a blue stripe. I'll be doing one of those for the first time. So I was actually thinking about it, and I didn't know if I wanted to do the normal two by four, you cut up in strips, you glue them together and go about doing it that way. 
I'm actually considering maybe taking some of the ash that I have and cutting that up and doing a, a section of that, throw it on the CNC and have it cut out some of the stripes and cut the um, union in. And then I go back and add in the coin holder in there. I'm looking for a really effective way to do those. I like how you do your flags and you cut the strips out of all the two by fours mm-hmm. and go them together. The way my shop is set up and the way I'm doing things, I don't really have a lot of clamps. So yeah. if I spent that much time trying to glue that together and doing it that way, it's not effective for me. I, I think I'm going to try to use a CNC in that and see how that works. And if it doesn't work, then I'll use it for a different project and I'll do it the traditional way. Mm. Going past that, uh, I got commissioned to do a large patch for our military working dog handler. Nice. And they want it basically uh, done up really nice, and they want a shelf underneath it so they can hold like four or five whiskey glasses. Really, really nice. So, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be interesting because it's the first time I'm using the CNC to do cutouts. Okay. So I'll be doing – I'll be cutting out the patch and, you know, painting it and then gluing all the pieces back together and uh, doing it that mm-hmm. way. It's something new, but I know it's a capability I have. So I just have to really get into the program that I'm using and kind of learn it enough to do that. And then I'm pretty sure the glue up and everything should be fairly seamless, but uh, we'll see how that works out. Yeah, right. You know how it is. Like sometimes what seems easy can actually be the hardest part. Of course. Oh, I was going to ask about the coin holder. Man, I just had it. My coin holder that I just did, I actually just screwed up. My router table, I still never put that router plate in that I told you I was going to. I actually did it on the old Ryobi one that I have. And let me tell you, the fence moved on me, so it screwed up the whole oh. – yeah, trust me. I thought I had the, the the nuts tight enough to that move the fence. I actually had to take pliers and crank them down because as I'm going, you watch the fence actually vibrating back. So now it – you see this crooked line. And of course I didn't do a test piece. Why would I be smart enough to do that? I did it into the piece that I was going to use. So luckily I got the other three pieces done. And, um, but I, if I could do stuff like that on the CNC, it'd be so much better, but you know, they're, they're thin, you know, I'm only doing cause the rack on this one is, is real thin because this is a two foot flag. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing tremendous. What are you using for the little strips? Are you using parts of the two by four? Well, this this flag, this is a two-foot flag that I made out of ash. Okay, ash. So what I, personally, what I would do next time, my suggestion to you would be, you know the strips and basically where you're going to end up cutting from that piece of board, mm-hmm. throw it in the CNC, cut the actual grooves first, and then cut the strips mm-hmm. so that when you do it, you just cut the strips out and you can glue them up. You don't have to worry about the little, you know, strips going through your router table. Mm-hmm. You can have the CNC do that work for you. There's 101 different ways to approach that too. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. You know, you could put the, you can do the strips. Um, I'm sorry, the coin rack holder on the CNC. And then like you said, cut the strips out on the mm-hmm. table saw or whatnot. I've been trying to toy around with different ideas on how to get the same result, but Right now, I'm kind of in a crunch time on a certain flag, so it's kind of just, you know, do it any which way I can without toying around too, too much um, because I got to get it going. Yeah, believe me, uh, last couple uh, projects I've had, in fact, uh, one of the Thor hammers I mentioned need to be out of the shop uh, the beginning of next week. Wow. 
Um, luckily, I took all my notes mm-hmm. from last time, and it's going incredibly faster. I mean, like, just the process of how I went about it last mm-hmm. time, you know what I'm saying? I learned it. So now, like, in one day, I took a slab. I cut it. I got it. So it's uh, for us. And then, you know, I was able to cut two uh, mallets out of it. Mm-hmm. I already got the handles all ready to go. Luckily, I had some cherry already milled up from last time. Nice. Because he told me he was going to be coming back for more. Mm-hmm. So I already had two foot long handles, <laughs> the exact width and everything ready to go. I was smart and it paid off. I'm trying to work with the CNC as much as I can. Because mm-hmm. the more it can do, the less I have to. And I can work on multiple different things at the same time. So uh, like I said, with my coin rack, I am actually going to cut out the flag on one piece of ash on the CNC. And then glue in the actual strips separately. Okay. And that leads me to the question I have for you. Actually, it's a two-part question. Okay. Part one is I've actually done a little bit more research on the grooves for the coin holders. Mm -hmm. And I've seen people using a V-bit to host the coins. Mm. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Um, I haven't seen anything with coins in it. To actually, you know, see how it would work and what size bit it would need to be. But uh, I was looking at different ones and I saw that and I found that interesting. I might even do a sample and put a coin in there and see how it holds. Mm-hmm. The second part of this question is, as simple as this might be, I'm overthinking it more likely. <laughs> when you attach the strips to hold the coins, are you using any wooden dowels? Are you using any kind of uh, anything but or just throwing some glue on it and clamping it down? What's your secret? The last flag I did was a three-foot flag with um, pretty much every other stripe had the uh, coin rack on it. Mm-hmm. So my thing was I knew this person – I knew the client who was getting it had a lot of coins. So I oh, <laughs> I over-engineered it, and um, I think on the back of like one of the longest stripes, so the, the three-foot stripe, I probably had like at least eight s- screws in the back of it. So – Oh, okay. So you, you screwed it. <laughs> I screwed and glued. Screwed and glued, sir. Oh, screwed and grew. So, um, yeah. So what I did was I countersunk holes um, into the back of it. So I already had the holes pre-drilled. Mm-hmm. And then I screwed it right in. And like I said, I glued it. But I didn't go ham with the uh, the glue because it was already stained. So I didn't want too, too much glue. Uh, okay. So pretty much there's just a, a skim coat of glue. So mainly the screws are holding it. But I think on the next one, what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, glue it and brad nail it. Because once the glue holds, that glue is strong. So, uh, you know, we're using, yeah. I know you, you're using Type Bond. Um, I was using Type Bond quick and thick on the other stripes because it dries clear mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, if anything got on it, at least I had a little bit forgiveness on it. Um, but this one, I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to use some type on, uh, three, my go-to, and then I'm also going to brad nail it. Hmm. Yeah. See, I've been, uh, contemplating what I want to do hmm. and I think I might do dowels. I might actually go ahead and glue it to the actual uh, piece itself mm-hmm. and then go back and drill the hole, um, a pretty determined depth and then just put the dowel in there, glue it that way. Like, uh, the holder's already on there. Mm-hmm. I'm just reinforcing it with, you know, a piece of wood connecting them. Yeah. It might be way over engineering what it needs to do. And I'll probably just do like maybe three dowels per stripe and call it a day and two on the smaller 
I want to ensure this holds. I mean, like, A, it's for, actually, it's for the security board 30-inch round. Mm. The pre, uh, people that ordered that, the ones I delivered it to are, is ordering this flag. So um, they've already got accustomed to my work, and I want to make sure it stands up to what I've already delivered. Now, I was just thinking about you. To, you were talking about the dowels. Is this going to be a stained flag, or is it going to be natural wood color? Um, they wanted a traditional uh, blue stripe flag, so it's going to be black and white mm-hmm. stripes, and then the blue stripe. Okay. My initial plan is take a piece of ash, get it to a dimension that I want it, mm-hmm. and then paint it black, and then the mask. Oh, yep, yep. And then uh, once that is done, do the carving, go back, and be able to do the white go from there mm-hmm. and they want to be able to really see the um the grain i'm gonna have to play with some probably samples and see how i'm gonna pl- go about that because it can't just be you know like paint it's probably gonna be like a black stain and a white stain if you're gonna go a black stain you know me i'm gonna tell you varathane and if you look back on a post that i did of a thin blue and a thin red line flag it was a, a half and half um that is ash with ebony from varathane and i have to say it goes on amazing wipes off amazing and leaves an amazing finish you know i know stain is stain but varathane is something completely different you know we we had our minwax conspiracy you know um episode <laughs> a while back a min yeah. varathane total boat this that the other thing kind of stain but i have to say my go-to for any of my stains is varathane. And um, there's a lot of reasons, but I really like the color of it. The color is really deep. Um, it spreads nice and easy. It wipes off nice and easy. And it's it just works well. That's, that's the only way I could describe it. It works exactly how I want it to and has not let me down. On the other hand, I've had a few minwaxes that didn't stand up to the the color that was on the side. You know, of course, the color on the side is going to be different than what's in the can. Mm-hmm. But it just, it still was like a letdown. Like one of them was supposed to be, I think, like a weathered gray or something like that. It was very watery, very not gray. And when you put it on, it was like, where's the where's the pigment? I stirred it, stirred it, stirred it. I haven't had that issue with uh, the Varathane. My go-to is Varathane. And I would definitely look into the Varathane Ebony. If you want to go to instead of paint. Well, I do actually have a black stain that I bought a while back for a sign uh, I did. Well, I'm sorry. So I, even I think I'm going to use. <laughs> no, <laughs> actually, I'm glad you brought this up. So it's funny because I go to Lowe's more often than I go to Home Depot. What? They're about the same distance away. Yep. They're about the same distance away. But it was one of those things where I've been going to Lowe's forever in a day, whatever. But I am interested in trying Varathane, and I'll be interested to get Varathane stain that's the same color as a Midwax stain and basically stain a scrap piece of wood and see how it holds up. Because for me, Midwax has been just fine. I haven't had any issues with it. Um, anytime I ventured out of the Midwax line is when I've had more issues mm. Um, the only exception to this is general finishes. Now, general finishes, their stain is really well put together. Like when they say a color, that's the color comes out. Okay. Like there's there's no ifs, buts, or anything about it. This last piece, the charging station that I did, what I used was uh, espresso, and it turned out good. It was that dark, rich brown. Mm-hmm. It was actually on the first coat. 
it was a little bit too dark, and I went back and I sanded a little bit here and there, mm. just so I could bring some of the lighter wood through, because that's kind of what they were looking for. Now, if it was anyone else that wanted, say, a certain type of stain, and I had that, I would have done that for it. But uh, they they really wanted that more patchy, you know, pine look. Mm-hmm. That you get with like the mid wax stain when you don't condition it first. That's that's why that looks the way it does in the pictures. You know, there's certain areas that are a little bit lighter. It's because that's the look they were looking for. But what I'm trying to get at is general finish stain is probably the best stain I've used. But that's excluding Verathane because I haven't ventured down to Home Depot to buy stain. You know, I've been trying to work with more hardwood, which I have that natural color that doesn't need to be stained. You know, if I ever do need a resupply, I think I'm going to head down to Home Depot and give yours a try and see how that works. Definitely. Definitely. But uh, other than those projects, the last thing I kind of want to mention is coming soon to a workshop near you is I'm going to do a safety week. And AJ, I think you're on board with this. I think we're going to do it together. Definitely. And we're just going to do a story or a post a day about workshop safety. I don't know about you. Since doing this, I've had some close calls. I've I've had some times where I've shut off the machine, went inside and took a break because I've almost lost my finger or I did something, you know, stupid mm-hmm. and I know I needed to stop for the day or that, you know, that moment and just think on what I what I just did. And I'll bring this up um this one example is recently, what was I doing? I was doing the malice I've been creating. And I had my router you know, just faced up and I was running, you know, the mount head across it and whatnot. And the UPS guy, oh, and he didn't geez. mean this, but he, he just like in my view, just popped in my view, which he didn't like, he walked up like he normally does, but I was so concentrated on what I was doing. I didn't see him and he popped up and he, you know, he says, what well, he goes, Hey, how's it going? And I jump and <laughs> You know, when you jump like that, you don't think about where your hand's going. Luckily, you know, I pulled back. I didn't go forward. I didn't do anything crazy, you know, like almost like I knew to pull my hand away from the moving blade that's spinning. But uh, after he left, I shut, you know, obviously it had already shut off by then. I thought about it. I'm like, well, that was ace. That was stupid. First of all, you know, I have a router table. I just had to put the bit in. You know what I'm saying? Um, I could have turned over the router and did it the other way couple different ways i could have done it probably safer than what i was going about Mm -hmm. doing i saw it on instagram i've tried it before myself it works fairly well you know what i'm saying but it was a a moment in time where i was like well (laughs) you know my concentration was broken i didn't even know where my hands were going at the moment and it could have damaged a the piece and i could have lost some fingertips um, long story there, but what I'm trying to get at is I would definitely, after the incident and just over this course of the year of doing this, would like to get into some workshop safety. And it's not going to be some drawn out, you know, you have to wear your PPE protective equipment. Well, we're all big boys and girls, you know, you do what you want in your shop. Um, but I'm just going to go over some of the things that I enjoy doing and the things that I try to do to prevent lost fingers and limbs. No, well, that sounds like a good idea. I'm definitely on board with it. I'll be posting as well. Um, you're going to do a post or are you just going to do stories? I'm going to do a little bit of both. I'm going to change it up daily. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one thing I did want to mention is thus far, Bow products, the, the green products that you see out there, they have the little foam feather boards. And um, you actually just bought uh, yeah. a little system for your um, bandsaw. Bandsaw, yep. words are hard. And 
I've reached out to them and asked them if they would like to help me out with a workshop safety week. And they're generously donating some items to myself to help with that. I just want to say thank you to them on here because that is them going out and helping out a maker. And I appreciate that. So if you haven't checked out their products, go ahead and check out both products. Um, they're located on Instagram and you can also check them out on their website. But, uh, yeah, man, I, that pretty much wraps it up. What's going on in my shop, other than being a complete mess, which, you know, 95% of the time is. Ooh, actually, sorry. Jesus one more thing. Lord. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. It just doesn't I stop gave you 30 talking. minutes. I just want eight. You gave me 30 minutes. <laughs> I actually installed a new light in the shop. So now that I had that dark corner, uh-huh. I don't have a dark corner in my shop, and it's actually well lit, and uh, I can do things in there. And then I got a shop vac two and a half inch hose that's 13 foot long. So I can hook it up to my dust collection and get it all the way to the other side of the shop. Kind of. I should have bought the 20, but I bought the 13. I got it so it'll work. So I'm almost to the point where I can basically close my doors and not see daylight again and work in the shop. Nice. It's always the best way. I, you know, I, ever since I really started going down this path of, you know, woodworking, really getting into it. And, you know, putting, I had heat in the shop since day one when I bought the house. And then um, once I put the AC in there, that, that door, that garage door never opens. I luckily have a, a door to go out the back way so I can utilize that. And I never have to open the garage door unless something, you know, big has to come in or whatnot. I got spoiled. You know, you really, really get spoiled once that door is closed and you're just in your shop. You know, you feel good, you know, you yep. don't have to keep the door open. No worries about, especially at night, you know, when it's during the summer, the, all the bugs get attracted to the light. It's nice not having anything in there. But, you know, I, I, I really enjoy not having to open my door. So I think you're done with yours. No? Yes? Maybe so? I am done, so. I mean, we got a lot of stuff on this on this show note sheet. So what I'm going to get into is we were talking about finishes before stain, whatnot. Mm -hmm. I know we were talking at one time, a few episodes back about, um, you know, I was learning new techniques on how to use that spar urethane that I really didn't like at first. And then I fell in love with it. I actually just sprayed some Mm -hmm. tonight on uh, two more flags and man, I'm, I'm telling you, it lays down nice. It, uh, sands nice. I don't even sand it. I want to, pull that back. I, I use a brown paper bag, like we've told you, you know, before. And, um, mm-hmm. most of the time I don't even have to do that. It, it pretty much lays and then it's smooth and I lay another coat on and it's smooth. I might have to touch it up in the, you know, at the very last coat, but for the most part, that spar urethane from Varathane is really working out very well. So I know you were talking to me about a few tips, tricks, you know, that I had up my sleeve. I'm not the best at finishing. I don't have a nice, I wish I had a Fuji sprayer, but I don't currently. Don't we both? (laughs) Maybe one day, maybe one day. And then, um, but I have to say, you know, we talked and I'm really curious to see what, what you would like to get you know, more knowledge on, on how to build your skills on finishing. Cause you brought it up. You said, my skill set is good. I know how to do this. I know how to do this, but I want to learn more about finishing. Really curious on what you, what skills you want to learn about finishing that you might not know already. Well, I, I think finishing is one of those topics where there's so many different products to use and so many different ways to go about finishing a project that you never quite learn it all. 
But when it comes to my projects, I, I love the design process. I love the building process. But when it comes to, like, if I have to stain or, like, do anything as far as, like, poly or anything like that, I figured it out a lot better than I used to. But that's where my problems always lie. Like, that's where something always gets messed up for me. Mm-hmm. I, You know, of course, during building, sometimes that happens, but it's easy to fix for me for some reason. It's when I get past the building process of finishing, I, I tend to have more of my issues. So, when we take a trip back to the charging station, I used the general finishes and it turned out great. But because general finishes has a little thicker uh, base to it than most of the stains that I use, mm-hmm. my brush strokes matter. And I didn't think of that. Mm. So the green on the bottom was going actually left to right. I did the front portion left to right because, well, that was easy to do. But in the little caddies, I had to go from top to bottom or bottom from top mm. because of the brush I had. It would it would have to – there's no way to put your hand in there and go back and forth with a green. Okay. When the stain dried, I'm looking at it, and you can tell just a little bit that it was actually – not matching. Mm. You know, I went back and I used little really, really fine sandpaper and I kind of matched the sandpaper and with the little cubbies. Okay. You know, everything looked good. It kind of gave it a little nice polish to it. You got a little bit of the grain back. So I fixed that issue. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had some uh, rattle poly that I was trying to use up polycrylic. Mm-hmm. I needed this done that night because they called and they basically told me. My timeline was reduced two days. What I planned on doing and what I ended up doing was completely different. So now I'm running off of what dries the fastest, what's still going to look good. Just for some reason, my go-to was that rattle polycolic. So I go ahead and spray it. And when I sprayed it, it doesn't settle like it normally does. Because normally when you spray it, it kind of just evens out Mm -hmm. and it's, it's pretty good. And it did not work very well. So I had to go back and I tried the brown paper bag and actually left a little bit of like uh, little fibers behind that you could see. Hmm. So I was really having a tough time trying to get this thing complete and time is ticking. I had to deliver it that night. So basically, long story short, uh, I went and got my um, home right spray gun and I just... I flooded it with polyacrylic to fill in the uh, little spots that were missing. That solved it. It turned out good. I knew how to fix the issues, but I still ran into some of the issues that I've run into in the past. Mm -hmm. I I just want to be able to learn enough to go through the finishing process without running into some of these hiccups. Um, And some of them are self-generated. And I'm trying to battle that issue or those issues by removing stain altogether in my pieces. Because it makes it a lot easier when you don't have to stain. To go along with stain, it's the glue issue as well. Mm-hmm. When you glue something together and you're staining it, you have to remove all the glue. There's no ifs, buts, or anything about it. If you want it to look seamless, that glue needs to go. Yeah. I went through and I removed all that. And again, I was running into the cubbies being an issue because when I, the cubbies into the little uh, dado slots, I use glue and I use a little super glue to keep them, you know, straight, upright and dry in that position Mm -hmm. so I can continue the glue up in a timely fashion. So cleanup was not easy to get my hand in there and to sand those little areas. So I had to come up with some creative ideas. One being stapling some sandpaper to a a stick (laughs) that was pretty square going in there, sanding it that way. And then the stuff I couldn't get with the sandpaper 
I had to actually use my chisel and get the chisel in there and chisel away just enough wood to get rid of that glue. Okay. It's not like I don't know techniques to fix these common issues. I am trying to learn enough where I don't run into the issues. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was thinking like in that particular project, maybe stating the entire thing would have been more beneficial. I could have used the quick and thick. It would have been clear. Yeah. And I could have removed anything that was unsightly, but anything that was so minute you would never see it, I wouldn't have saw it and it would have been fine. It's maybe a designing or planning issue, but it's also, I consider it finishing because when I get to that stage, it's all together, it's ready to go. Now I'm running into completing the project and making sure it looks perfect. Which, was it a gel stain or was it a water-based general finishes that you were using? Um, I would have to look. Um this particular general finish was actually a uh, piece that I won during a giveaway. Um, I've never used general finishes. Uh, I've always seen them being used. I always wanted to pick it up, but I never pulled the trigger on it because, of course, it's the price point. You know, that kind of scared me away a little bit, even though, mm-hmm. you know, it, it same thing goes for tools. You you buy this cheap stuff and then you regret it later. Now you spent double because now you had to buy the cheap stuff to then go to the higher quality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if Varathane was not working for me, I would definitely go with, you know, uh, trying this, but right in it, right this second, I'm sticking to with what works. And then eventually yeah. I want to go to general finishes, but I was curious to see which one it was because as you were talking, um, I was reading up on it and, my my one question is, why did you choose a brush and not a foam brush? It was a foam brush. I oh, think you said bristles. Even with a foam. Uh, no, I did say brush. I didn't say foam, but it was a foam brush. And now thinking back, it's probably gel stain because of how thick mm-hmm. it was. Hindsight's twenty twenty here. I should have probably used a rag to apply that mm-hmm. because of being a, uh, actual a gel. And that probably would have alleviated some of the issues I had in the back end a little bit. But again, this is part of that, you know, I want to learn more. I want to learn more about finishing. I want to learn more about, you know, ways to prevent these small issues that arise. And we've talked about this before where we spend plenty of time on it trying to fix it. Yep. But uh, that's that's my story behind that. What are some finishing uh, techniques that you would like to learn? Well, one one quick question is: You said there was fibers after you sprayed the polyacrylic um, that you noticed. I'm I'm almost leaning towards that it might be the water based stain because I actually had this issue happen to me with the Minwax water based stain. I didn't put two and two together because, as you know, if you do your cutting boards, you know you spritz it with some water and then it raises the grain. Well, the same concept happened to me when I used a water based stain. It actually pop the grain and, or, and, you know, or the, I'm sorry, pop the wood fibers. And I didn't really pay attention to it when I was putting it on until I went to put my top coat on it. Then I realized that there's a lot of fibers sticking up. Well, it raised everything because it was the water-based. And so I learned that now if I'd ever use that stuff again, what I have to do is I have to do the same technique I do on the cutting boards where you spritz it with some water and alcohol Mm -hmm. mixture sand it down, do it again, do it again, and then you won't have that issue. You were absolutely correct. 
But on this particular scenario, it wasn't fibers from wood. It was the fibers from the brown paper bag oh. that I was trying to smooth out the poly on. For some reason, I'd never had this issue before, mm. but when I was trying to smooth it over, um, it left fibers behind mm. and they left me where I had to sand a little away to get it where I needed it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'll check after we record, but I'm almost 100% positive it was the gel stain mm. and not the water base because water base is. You put it on, you wipe it off. It's it's pretty pretty easy going. Yeah. This is the second gel I've used. You really have to pay attention to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It, it can definitely be tricky. Yeah. At least for me. Yeah, definitely. I know when I stain, I'll use either a rag, mainly a rag. Um, but you know, that's that's if I have a large piece, that's all going to be one color. For the flags, of course, I use a foam brush. And then I'll wipe it away if I want a lighter color or, you know, just leave it. I, I sometimes don't even wipe it off. I'll I'll spread it. I'll spread it enough with the foam brush and leave it and let it dry. I was leaning to the brush with the stain just because I couldn't get into those cubbies. Mm-hmm. It was it was tricky. As it was, the taller cubbies, I'm like fingertip and thumb with the brush going through it because it was, you know, it's about eight inches, I think, mm-hmm. uh, the highest ones were. So I was really getting in there and they're about nine inches long. So like you can only go so far from each end. You have to get in. So, I mean, there's different ways I could have tackled this project to make it a lot easier myself, but live and learn. And, you know, it just raises the question again for me, you know, I really would like to learn more about finishing Mm -hmm. in different methods. There's methods out there that make my life, couldn't make my life a lot easier. I definitely want to, you know, search those out and then, you know, share them on here. Is there any kind of uh, finishing that you would like to learn a little bit more about and kind of hone your skills in? I mean, I guess I I definitely, you know, one one finish that I'm actually going to be learning is um, I just picked up Odie's Oil. So I got to do that on a shelf that I never posted about, which, I mean, I just made it um, back in late October. So it's not like, a, you know, months and months away, but I made it for Kim's birthday and I kept on thinking of what way I wanted to finish it. Did I want to just do a wax on it or something like that? And I've always wanted to try Odie's. So I picked it up the other day on Amazon. It's sitting downstairs and I'm hoping to get to it this weekend and give it a shot because I see a lot of great you know, makers using it. I see a lot of great end results with it. Um, you know, the only thing is if you're in a time crunch, you can't really use it because of the long cure time, you know, especially if you want it to be water resistant where, um, you know, you got to wait, mm-hmm. I think they said like two to three weeks for it to fully cure, um, which the shelf is no problem. I can hang it up and, you know, it, it's not going to have to be protected from any water because it's going to be in her yoga room. So, um, it's just going to house some of her, you know, essential oils and whatnot like that. So really, I don't have to worry too, too much about the the water repellent aspect of it, but I'm really excited to use that and try it on some um, bottle openers that I'm making as well, because I just glued up some new pieces, got those sanded and got to get the uh, hole cut for the magnet. But for finishing, the the only one thing that um, I, I want to say is I, when I use that Total Boat uh, Halcyon, I really enjoy it. I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to, because I was unsure of how to use Mm -hmm. it. I did a couple stories about me spraying it and learned very quickly that I do need to thin it. And, um, I was in a time crunch, so I didn't want to mess around with it. So I actually applied it with the foam brush and it worked out great. I have to say it's self-leveled. Um, I had minimal, I mean, 
probably no sanding at all, if any. And um, that worked out really, really well. I will be using it on another project sometime soon. Um, I used it on a flat flag. I did not use it on a wavy only because I couldn't spray it. You know, not that I can't spray it. I'm not skilled enough right this very second to spray it because like I said, I have to thin it. Just a little bit too thick for the sprayer that I have. But I didn't want to do it on a wavy yet only because I didn't want it to level and pool down on the bottom of the waves. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, that'll come sometime soon once I do thin it and then I'll, I'm able to spray it. And I really want to try that out because I know how it works with the foam brush. I want to see how it works out when I spray it. Will it still pool or will it kind of settle where it's at? Um, but finishing, finishing was a big one for me because when I first did this, um, I built a what was it? A coffee table for Kim's parents. And that was my very first time of using the spray gun with any kind of clear. Never did it before. And it came out great. I have to say, I was very shocked at how good it came out until I used a different handle and I tried spraying paint. I don't know if you ever tried spraying paint with it. <laughs> um, I have. I actually did a walk-in bench with a co-hanger, and I have done white paint with it before. And it it's different. You have to kind to tune it to the paint you're using. And if it's thick paint, definitely thin it out. I was using a primer, and I didn't thin. It's It kind of splattered all over the place. You know, it just spit primer out all over the uh, piece. <laughs> Pretty much. It could not push that stuff through. And I'm wondering why it wasn't working so well. And then I read in the book, I mean, I never sprayed paint with it. My spray paint experience is with a rattle can and that's it. So um, this was new venturing. I've never had to thin anything. So um, eventually I'll get back to that. Um, but pretty much my my sprayer is just for clear. I'll use all the outdoor um, spar urethane. I will use polycrylic. And, um, once I get to thinning it, I will use the total boat Halcyon. Uh, I use satin, clear satin. I have to say it, it really transformed that flag. Really, really nice. The only thing I did notice is the, the satin does get a little cloudy. So, um, the more, uh, coats you put on the cloudier it'll get, but I put on three mm, and okay. it still looked perfect. See, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I still ha I'm doing the lodge sign. Mm -hmm. I just got the acrylic paint in that I'm going to use to actually paint the lettering because that's where I settled on and that's where my parents wanted. I'll be doing that fairly soon. And I have the Halcyon from Toto Boat. It's sitting in the shop and I'll be using it for the first time myself. So I'm pretty stoked about getting that basically done and out of the shop and to my parents. Um, that sign has been a work in progress, it seems, for like six, seven months, just based on trying to get it right. You know, finishing is one of those things, like I said, when we first started talking about it, is there's so many different ways to do the same thing, mm -hmm. just like woodworking. And I just want to learn some more techniques. But uh, I really like working with a hardwood because then I'm using waxes and oils yep. and different things. It's more pleasurable to work with, like using... Wally oil and then Odie's, which I have not used and really want to. They have a whole line of really great stuff. If you look down their site, they actually have um, oils that you can add a little bit of pigment mm -hmm. to and it actually darkens. And I've been doing a little research on that side. There's just like a whole new world out there a whole waiting new for finishing. World. 
Thank you, because I was thinking. <laughs> yep. That's what you get when you listen to Sawdust Nation podcast. You get some musical attributes. Um, <laughs> that being said, uh, let's jump into a question. We got a question submitted this time by Scranton Craftworks. He goes, gentlemen, question for the podcast tonight. If given the opportunity to go full-time in the woodworking slash making game, how would you go about it? Would you continue working out of the home shop or work into getting a dedicated shop space? Also, would you try to establish a product line, work strictly on commissions, or mix of the both? He added in the bottom line, love what you guys are doing in the community. Keep it up, Alex. First of all, thank you, man, for submitting a question for this week. And in a customary fashion, I'm going to throw it at AJ when he's not expecting it. Yeah, I knew he was going to do this. And um, what I would say is if I had the opportunity to make this full time, I definitely would. Um, I love where I'm at now. You know, I've been there for 15, I think almost 16 years. So it's, you know, I was practically born into my job that I'm at now. But I really enjoy this woodworking journey that I'm going down. And the only thing that's kind of keeping me from saying 100% yes about full-time is um, I'm making flags right now. I can't live off of flags. I would have to definitely do, you know, larger builds, tables, desks, you know, built-in, something like that. Currently, I don't have the skill set for that. One day I hope to, and then maybe this will become a full-time gig. it's definitely a dream. I think of both of ours, um, you know, to do this full time. And I would honestly have to say, if I can produce high quality pieces out of my shop now, you know, let's say a desk, um, I would continue to do it in my home shop mainly because I'm home. I like being home. I'm a homebody. I like being in my shop with the door closed, music going, and I don't have to drive anywhere. Literally, I walk upstairs, I have some lunch, I walk back downstairs, and there's my whole shop. So I would say I would do it full-time. I would still stay at my home shop um, and then create a product line or strictly commissions. I think I would go commission and maybe a little side thing, you know, like maybe have something small that, you know, doesn't take a lot of time to make where you can batch them out and then keep them as uh, inventory. And then, you know, that could be your quote unquote product line, but no one would really know you just for that. They would know you for your commissions. And oh, by the way, I make beautiful cutting boards or charcuterie boards or whatever else you want to make. I guess I could do like a mix of both. I like a mix of both. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a, that's a good answer. And now, actually, uh, did I steal yours? Yeah, not not all the okay. way, kind of a little bit. Well, now I'm going to toss it to you. <sighs> Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. I would love to do this full time, and if I could, I would. But I have a few more years uh, doing what I'm doing now. If a woodchuck could chuck wood, it would chuck wood. They would chuck. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, but you know, I got what. Like six, seven more years before I technically can retire from my current job, and then uh, I can do this full time. So that is my goal: is to learn the skill set through doing it, you know, part time, getting commissions. Um, the one good thing about the commissions I get, it's everything in between from tables to entryway benches to you know plant holders to trays to charcuterie boards. 
it's such a wide variety. I'm picking up a lot of skills and different ways to accomplish different builds or the same builds. I'm getting faster at, you know, putting things together and getting things out of the shop. Going back to those Thor hammers, what took me a week and a half last time to do because I was trying to figure it out, I did a majority of it in one night. So, I mean, like, I'm using the time between now and retirement to basically allow myself to build the skills I need so I can maybe go full time once I get to that stage in my life. Um, I don't know where I'm going to end up. I don't live in uh, my own home. I rent. Um, I live in like a townhome type. So like I said, my garage is a little smaller. Um, I definitely would not set up in a house like this without um, some sort of nice garage. Um, and if I couldn't have that, I would definitely build an addition on the property or figure something out where I had my own shop. We talked about this before in the dream shop. We would have a disconnected shop. So if I was doing this full time, I wouldn't have to stop because, you know, my wife wants to go to sleep early or some other reason. I can go in the shop and work until, you know, I'm oh, done. Yeah. As far as a product line or strictly commissions, to be safe. And if you're going to do something like this full time, you would need both because you need income coming in regardless if you have a commission or you have sales. Yep. So I would definitely have an Etsy page. I would have a multitude of different products that I could produce, like mm-hmm. you said, fast. And then what people want, you know, bachelors out when I had time in between commissions. When I had commissions, I would take on very large commissions. I would actually... <laughs> Daniel Dunlap does it perfectly. Like it, he's been doing this for a very long time. And if you haven't checked him out, go check him out. He does woodworking as a living. He does these very large commissions. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful pieces. And in between, he'll do a cutting board or something like that. And he'll put, or throw together a, um, what'd he do? I think he did a bench or something s- similar to that one time and was able to get rid of it on uh, Facebook marketplace real quick. But I mean, this is what he does for mm-hmm. a living. So I would take a lot of tips and tricks from him because, like, honestly, the guy knows what he's doing. So that's who I would look up to and kind of model after once I got out and started doing this full time. We'll see. Life happens. So we never know. know. Alex, that was a really good question. And I do appreciate you writing in. Really makes us think about what we want to do and goals for the future. But with that, I think we're going to wrap this episode up. And AJ, take it away. Just uh, before we get to the end of this episode, um, one, I wanted to mention a giveaway that Josh and I are part of with uh, Homeland Creations LLC on Instagram. He's running a pretty good giveaway. Um, He's got a lot of stuff coming from Starbond. He's got some tools to give away as well. Um, And then Josh has a mallet that he built for the giveaway. I have a bottle opener that I'm doing, uh, that I'm giving away as well. So go check out Homeland Creations and check out the giveaway. And then on top of that, I just posted, today is Tuesday, so yesterday on Monday, I posted up a giveaway that I am so proud of because I'm giving away a cutting board that I made and then also another bottle opener. And then on top of that, Howard's Products was nice enough to send over a bunch of goodies. I have to say, when I opened this box, it was like Christmas Day on you know early November because they sent over the cutting board oil, butcher block conditioner, the cleaner, uh, wax it all, a hat, and they can't forget about the stickers that they sent over. So 
They sent over a ton of stuff that I'm able to give away with the cutting board and the bottle opener as well. So if you haven't checked out the giveaway on my page, definitely go check it out because by time this airs, you will only have two more days uh, to enter that. So um, on top of that, we want to also really truthfully, from the bottom of our hearts, thank StickerBeat for giving us a promo code that we can extend to you guys, which the promo code is Sawdust Nation. And uh, that will give you 20% off of any order that you place with StickerBeat. And I'm telling you, I love their stickers. I cannot wait for my new ones to come in. I know Josh uses them all the time in his uh, shop. And you know what? You can feel the quality. Once you pick up a sticker, you know it's a good sticker. It sticks to, like you said, you said it this uh, in the beginning. They stick to anything. And then on top of that, their quality. They're not going to fade. They use 3M vinyl. I cut Josh off. He has a lot to say about sticker beat. <laughs> I love sticker beat because I actually did a story. It may be... Uh eight stories in total about them this week because I have their stickers on all my mm-hmm. tools. I have it basically in my shop. So when I do a story, you see my logo and they're all sticker bee stickers and they're on my tools in my yeah. shop. They get dust. They, they get scraped. They, I mean, like they go through a whole bunch of stuff in my mm-hmm. shop. I have had one in the back of my car. I have one of my water bottles and my coffee mugs. I threw it in the dishwasher. They hold up nah. that you, I mean, they're worth getting. That that vinyl they use is quality, and it definitely shows. All I have to say is we we mentioned that we have stickers for the podcast. Those came from Sticker Beat as well. And then I want to say Scranton Craft Works. He sent us a question, and also he will be the first recipient of a an official Sawdust Nation podcast sticker that is in the mail as we speak now. And. If you want a sticker to show that you support the podcast, send me a message, send Josh a message, send Josh's cat a message. Josh's cat on Instagram is JC on IG. So definitely, I got to check that account first just to make sure it's not a bad <laughs> Yeah, you better check that account before you start announcing stuff. So anyway, stuff. Josh's cat will have an official Instagram if he does not already. I will make that, and then he's going to be the guest host on next week's episode. Um, I'm sorry, Josh, you had to hear that on this episode. The people voted. I don't know if anybody else saw the votes, but a lot of percentage. And I'm not going to tell how many people, how many hundreds of people voted. But there was a lot, Seven. and there was one no, and that was Josh. Josh voted no. Yeah, I voted no. Of course I voted no. I do want to mention my wife was one of the ones that said yes exactly. to that. Exactly. There you go. Boom. Josh's <laughs> cat next episode. Anyway. Secrets out. It is. So go over to Sticker Beat. Use Sawdust Nation promo code. Get 20% off any order. Go there now. Don't wait. Do it now. Do it. So, do it so now. So with that, how can they reach us? I don't know. How can they reach us? Hmm. Instagram. That's a good way to reach us. Uh, you have crafted an NJ. Yo, yo. He has a wonderful Instagram page. I have an Instagram page myself at North Country Woodworking. We also have a podcast page for the podcast. For the podcast. Uh, Sawdust Nation podcast. There's a lot of podcasts in there. Podcast. You know you're listening to a podcast. Podcast. <laughs> um, moving on from that, we also have a Gmail account for the podcast. At sawdustnationpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already, take the time out of your busy schedules and please rate us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars would be wonderful. One star, if that's what you want to rate us. Anything helps. 
We appreciate that. See, 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 your cat knew. <laughs> and the guest host has has arrived. officially arrived. Yeah, at the very yes. end. Oh, <laughs> so anyway, thank you for joining us on another uh, wonderful episode of this you know podcast that we do. I get good laughs all the time. Seeing Josh's cat literally just made my day. Um, and I can't say anymore. And like I said, be on the lookout for Josh's cat's Instagram that will be dropping sometime soon. You guys have a great night. We will be back here next week with another fantastic rendition of Sawdust Nation. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Sawdust Nation out. See ya. And one last special thank you to a little boy out there that listens to this podcast every day. He's the one that did the intro and the exit today. And I just wanted to say, I love you, buddy. And you make me extremely proud. Thank you and happy listening.